Welcome to the Take Your Apprenticeship podcast. The Take Your Place team is made up of five universities and nine further education colleges from across the east of England. We are an impartial project dedicated to giving you the information you need, regardless of where you are applying to study. Since 2017, we have worked with over 30,000 students from 100 different schools, colleges and sixth forms, helping them to explore their options and discover their potential. Now we hope to help you too. In this podcast series, we will explore all aspects of finding, applying for and succeeding in an apprenticeship. Through talking to experts and current apprentices from a variety of industries, we will help you explore your future apprenticeship options. Hi, I'm Eloise and I work as a higher education champion for the University of East Anglia. In this episode, we'll be talking to Julia Wood and Diane Last from the apprenticeships team at the West Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust. Diane and Julia were interviewed by my colleague Tiff, who works at the University of Suffolk. In their conversation, they discussed the benefits of doing an apprenticeship within the NHS and where to find current vacancies available in the West Suffolk Trust. They also talk about how an apprentice splits their time between study and placement and the support available throughout their course. I am joined today by Diane and Julia from the apprenticeships team at West Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust. Thank you for joining us today. Could you start by telling us a little bit about your roles? Hello, my name is Diane Last and I'm the clinical education lead within the organisation. I started my nurse training at the West Suffolk Hospital in 1986. At that time, nurse training was coordinated by hospitals and did not include an academic qualification. We were employed and taught by teachers within the hospital. My first job as a registered nurse was on an elderly care ward, which I loved and allowed me to consolidate the skills and knowledge that I had gained during my three years training. The best part of working within the NHS is the opportunity to change the direction of your career while still working for the NHS. Over the past 30 years since qualification, I have moved from elderly care to acute medicine, from student doctor education to being a senior matron overseeing the quality of care on four wards. As I've mentioned, I did not complete an academic qualification within my training. However, since then, I've completed a diploma and a degree in nursing. And lastly, a master's in healthcare education, all whilst working full time. These qualifications enable me to undertake my current role. As clinical education lead, I am responsible for ensuring that all students and staff have access to education to enable them to provide high quality care for our patients. Although this can be a demanding job, it is very rewarding to help others achieve their full potential by gaining additional skills and knowledge to become the best that they can be. Hello, my name's Julia and I'm the Deputy Clinical Education Lead. I also started my nurse training in 1986, but I did it via a slightly different way. I wanted to be a nurse and my careers advisor at school told me about some universities that were just starting to offer nursing degree courses. So I did my A-levels at school and then went on to study at the University of Wales in Cardiff and I completed a degree in nursing. Following registration, I moved around and worked in various hospitals in England and Wales. I worked mainly on surgical wards, but also some community and rehabilitation in patient and outpatient areas. Whilst working, I found I really enjoyed having students with me and teaching them. So I was sponsored to complete a mental qualification and then went on to enrol on a teaching course at a local college which I completed in the evenings. About 10 years ago I moved from hospital nursing and took a job as a community nurse. Again I found that I enjoyed having students and wanted to use my teaching so when a job was advertised to join the education team 
I applied and was lucky enough to get it. I now look after clinical apprenticeships and our non-registered workforce and have developed my teaching skills further by completing a postgraduate certificate in education at the University of Essex. At West Suffolk Hospital, you provide a variety of clinical and non-clinical apprenticeships. Can you give us some information on these positions and the levels that you offer them at? So currently at the moment, we have students on 23 different apprenticeships. 10 are clinical courses and 13 are non-clinical ones. A clinical apprenticeship is one in which you train to deliver direct physical care to a patient or train in a role that will be supporting the healthcare needs of a patient. For example, a nursing associate delivers direct care and a pharmacy technician supports in meeting a patient's health needs. In a hospital or community healthcare setting, though, there is also a large group of other people in roles that are vital to make sure patients patients and staff are looked after properly and the organisation can run effectively. These are the non-clinical roles and examples might be in the catering team or our IT staff. We offer apprenticeships from levels two to seven, that's courses equivalent to GCSEs up to master's degree level. So an example of a level two course we offer is in business administration. A level five course we offer is the nursing associate apprenticeship and a level seven course is the advanced clinical practitioner course. Does this mean that students can apply after completing their GCSEs or is it more beneficial to study science A-levels or even a healthcare subject at college before applying? Most of our apprenticeships are offered to staff that already work with us. Some are offered to external candidates, but the majority aren't. So we have a laddered approach to apprenticeships, allowing people to work up from a level two apprenticeship all the way up to a level seven one. So for example, if we followed the career pathway for a registered nurse, the first step would be to get a job with us as a nursing assistant. We would support you to complete the care certificate And after you'd worked for about six months, you'd be eligible to apply for the Senior Healthcare Support Worker Apprenticeship. This is an 18-month course at Level 3. Once this had been successfully completed, the next step would be to enrol in the two-year Level 5 Nursing Associate Apprenticeship. And then, again, once that's been done, finally, a two-year top-up course on the Registered Nurse Degree Apprenticeship. All in all, this would take you about seven years to complete. But at the end, you would be a fully registered nurse with a degree. After a few years of practice, if you were in a suitable job, we could even support you to become an advanced clinical practitioner another two to three years on a Level 7 Apprenticeship. A priority for us is to make sure that we invest in the right staff. So those people that are going to succeed and have commitment to complete the course. Some of our courses generate a lot of interest, though we do have an application and interview process for all our clinical apprentice courses. Everybody's journey is different due to the different qualifications and experiences that they hold. So as we've said, there is a laddered approach, meaning that you can start anywhere on that ladder. So this may mean a person can skip a level or that they need to achieve additional academic qualifications prior to applying. What we do is always look at the qualifications a person has already obtained. So... If, for example, you had A-levels, which are level three qualifications, then you wouldn't necessarily have to do the level three senior healthcare support worker apprenticeship. You'd be able to apply directly for the level five nursing associate apprenticeship. On the other hand, if you didn't already hold any qualifications, we could support you to start at level two and three and work your way up. We do work in partnership with the universities and they will have their own academic entry requirements for courses. So we always have to make sure any candidates we put forward for a course meet these. And for any apprenticeship courses above a level three, then the university will require maths and English, GCSE grade C or four, or functional skills level two. These are completed as part of a level three apprenticeship. 
for those staff members who don't already hold them. What types of strengths and skills would be ideal for someone choosing to go down a clinical pathway? Apprenticeships offer great opportunities, but they can also be quite tough. So you need to be able to balance work, study and a personal life. Demands on your time can be very heavy. Therefore, entry requirements aren't the only things we look at when you apply for a course. So great attributes would be time management skills, being reliable, having a keen willingness to learn and being able to work independently. But also, I'd add, being able to recognise when you might need support is good. We all need help at some time and being able to seek this support is a great strength to have. A lot of these skills are things that you may well have learnt and used in other roles in your life. And as a final point, having a friendly, positive outlook. Is there a way for people interested in pursuing a career in the NHS to get some real hands-on work experience? There are a variety of ways to gain experience within healthcare and we would strongly recommend that these are considered to ensure that you are making the right choice about your future. Starting any apprenticeship requires hard work and commitment and therefore it's essential that you understand the environment and the job role that you are applying for. At the West Suffolk Foundation Trust we offer a number of ways to gain some experience although I must just add that these are currently on hold due to the coronavirus. Firstly, we offer clinical shadowing, which is an opportunity to come into the hospital and shadow a professional to see what a typical day is like. One example of this is the nursing clinical shadowing, and this is a two-day programme which provides an insight into both adult and child nursing. You will spend time in three different departments each day, including the day surgery recovery ward, outpatients, the children's ward and our medical treatment unit. We offer shadowing days for a variety of professions and these include occupational therapy, physiotherapy, the medical doctor's team, amongst many others. An alternative way of gaining experience is through our volunteers programme. So following induction and training, you would be required to commit to a minimum of two hours per week until you have completed 50 hours. You would be based on award over meal times to support staff and patients. And tasks that you might be involved in include preparing bed areas for new patients, giving out meals, running errands and replacing stock. At the Trust, we host a sixth form conference each year, which allows students to gain an insight into some practical skills like basic life support and measuring blood pressure as well as providing an opportunity to meet with different professions and the universities. This event is well attended and attendees enjoy the chance to speak to students who are already undertaking programmes of study and so they're able to gain a real insight into what the programmes are like. For students undertaking health and care courses at college, we are able to support some second year placements which are part of their course. These places are limited and applicants are invited to interview for a position. For further information, look at the West Suffolk Foundation Trust website and under the tab, join our team, you will find a section called Student Programmes and all information is available there together with the application forms. The NHS provides such a variety of apprenticeships internally and externally. Why do you think apprenticeships are such a good way to train? Different students are suited to different ways of learning and an apprenticeship just provides a different approach. They are suitable for all ages and it may be the most appropriate way to gain a new qualification, especially for those with financial or family commitments. An apprenticeship is a great way to become part of a team, working alongside others who are able to support and guide you. Courses are funded and you are paid a wage, which is always a positive. However, it must be remembered that many apprenticeships, especially the higher apprenticeships, include a large degree of academic work. 
So this should not be seen as the route to take if you prefer a hands-on approach rather than academic work. It will be a combination of both. Courses that are available as both a university traditional programme or as an apprenticeship will include the same academic work, but the apprenticeship will take longer to complete. Where is the best place to look to see current apprenticeship vacancies? And is there a specific time of year when certain positions are available? So the majority of our apprenticeships are available to staff already working within the organisation. So if you wanted to work for the West Suffolk Foundation Trust and then undertake an apprenticeship with us, you would need to look at our vacancies. These are advertised on the NHS Jobs website and you would need to complete the application and if shortlisted, take part in an interview. As Julia has said, once you have worked for the organisation for a minimum of six months, you are able to inquire about apprenticeship opportunities. All apprenticeships require the support of your manager as they will need to release you from your duties for the set hours each week to complete the training. If we do advertise an apprenticeship externally, this would also be advertised via NHS Jobs. The website address for this is www.jobs.nhs.uk. One of the huge benefits of doing an apprenticeship is the chance to earn a salary as you train. Could you tell us a little bit about these starting salaries for your clinical and non-clinical apprenticeships? The NHS works on a pay banding system, which is called Agenda for Change, and each job role is allocated a pay band number. So, for example, a nursing assistant would be a band two, which is between eighteen and nineteen thousand pound per year, which is about nine pound twenty-one going to nine pound eighty-nine per hour. A newly qualified staff nurse or a registered nurse would be on a band five, and that's nearly twenty-five thousand per year, rising up to thirty and a half thousand. That would equate to between twelve pound seventy-four to fifteen pound sixty-six per hour. Apprentices within the organisation generally stay on their current band during their training and they would have the opportunity to apply for a higher banded job upon completing and successfully passing the course. So for example a band 2 nursing assistant who completed the nursing associate programme would then apply for a band 4 position and this would mean an increase from £19,000 to £22,000 per year. All of these pay bands can be seen on the Agenda for Change website. We know that apprentices tend to spend 80% of their time on placement and 20% of it studying. Generally, how does the work and study balance within different levels and how are apprentices supported? So this does vary widely from course to course. But as an example, level three senior healthcare support worker students attend a classroom study day every two weeks. Whereas on the nursing associate course, there is a university study day once a week. And on this day, the student is required to attend university or sometimes complete virtual online learning. Some of our other courses, such as the healthcare science apprenticeship, have blocks of study days where the student attends university for two weeks every term. So it does vary and can be quite different. In addition, all apprenticeships have a practical element that has to be completed. To support with this, apprentices are assigned a mentor from the practice area and within our education team we have clinical practice facilitators to support all students. We ask all our apprentices to record their learning so that we can check that they're progressing. We meet with our apprentices and the university or college at least once a term to check that all planned study has taken place and skills are being developed in line with the apprenticeship standard. We have fantastic library staff always on hand to help students find resources and we also have computers available for students to work on. Could someone doing a high level apprenticeship with the NHS expect to be offered a job at the end of their course? 
We would always hope to be able to offer an apprentice a job at the end of their course. We can't guarantee where that job might be as things change and vacancies that were there at the beginning when a student starts the course may not still be there at the end. But we are a large organisation. We cover both the hospital and community services. So we would always do our best to offer a job. If we couldn't offer a job, we would do our best to signpost the apprentice to other organisations that might have vacancies they could apply for. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Before you go, do you have any final top tips for someone looking to apply to an apprenticeship? Our top three tips would firstly be to research the job role and the company. Make sure the job is what you think it is and that the company is one that you want to work for. Every company will expect you to have an understanding of its work, so research what they do and look to see how you would fit into the organisation. Remember that commitment to an apprenticeship route can be lengthy, so make sure this is the job that you want to do. Secondly, look at the career pathway. Where do you want to be in five to ten years' time and will this route help you to get there. Don't spend time on an apprenticeship that is adult focused if you want to work with children. And finally, take care filling out your application form and personal statement. We want to know about you. Recognise that part-time jobs, sports and other activities can all be related to work. So for example, if you play in a football team, you can talk about your commitment to working within a team and recognising each person's skills. If you work part-time in a shop or a supermarket, you are used to dealing with the public. All of these skills are transferable and will make Make you stand out. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to our future podcasts at soundcloud.com slash take your place or on your favourite podcasting app. You can also find us on Instagram where we are at takeyourplace underscore he, on Twitter at takeyourplace he and on Facebook at facebook.com slash takeyourplace he. You can also email us with any questions, requests or just to let us know what you think on info at takeyourplace.ac.uk. 